All right. Uh, today, uh, as I told you earlier, it's a special Sunday for us. It's a, a graduation day. Um, and we are graduating the, the kids in our Change for Change program. We're happy to report that what started with just meals and change uh, has now grown into something that's phenomenal that we are about to see. If you could come up at this time, all of you, and let's, uh, let's stand and then just really appreciate what God has done in their lives. This issue is a big one. Uh, it's a major one, not just in Addis Ababa, not just in Ethiopia, not just in Africa, but worldwide. Um, street children or neglected, abused, forgotten children are, are a major issue. It was about four years ago now that I made the first two boys on the street. Whenever they come and ask me for it, to, buy, to give them money, I, um, I said, no, I'm not going to give you money. But one thing I can do is that I can spend time with you, and I can, I can share my life with you, and I can listen to your story. So I asked them out. Uh, it was about 15 of them. Uh, they said yes. I was nervous. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> that was in early January 2009. And then NCC came with a mission trip in March of 2009, and I was on that. We had heard about what Brookie was doing with the boys. She suggested we invite them to dinner, so we did. And uh, it was on our walk home from dinner that night, taking the boys back to where they stayed, typically on the streets, that Lily just grabbed my sleeve, pulled me across uh, the major street here onto a median and pointed into a sewer. I didn't really know what he was doing. There was like tarps and uh, somewhat of a homemade there. It was that image of seeing that he lived in that sewer that I just couldn't shake for many weeks after that. God just made it clear that I needed to uh, change my life around a bit and move over here. Nail, my nickname, Billy. Abati and Shiver de Mustayana Bera. Now, Abati Chatmanam Nika Maligan, Lila Susila Bazan. Now, Bunogizi Guadena, Yaginina, Bowadinu Chumknet, not at the Jamra. Now, Matat Sijamur, Anton Ijamra, and Marfad. Marfad Sijamur, Casarama Bara Tabar. Tavarubit Kuchasilima Tata. Name at Tasata and Nati Bazagizus, Minim Satel Talat of Tanaber, Casarag Batavar, Father Vichanaber. Cousin Father Bitu Shato, Cousin Sustachin Tazem, good amateur. 
this is Bolly Bridge, the center area where you take a taxi and you just go around. So this is where like every day I see these kids um, asking me for a bread, asking people for a bread or just sleeping here with just um, a carton on them, on them or with just a plastic bag uh, on them. I wanted to spend as much time with the boys as possible, but it's not easy spending time with the boys when they're not in any kind of home or structure. So it was an emergency for us to locate or come up with a way, a plan, to assemble some kind of structure. And the only way I could think of is getting a home. We've developed our program to be a two-year rehabilitation center. The program on a day-to-day -day basis is anything from playing a couple hours of soccer to um, going to school or some type of uh, apprenticeship program and work. Usually they go to church, they do devotions um, once a day. And there's always We also just like to laugh and have fun and provide um, entertainment or extracurricular activities. I think I'm a little too old now to be a part of rough housing. It's painful. We provide all the major necessities that anyone needs. We have a team of people that focus on the counseling. We have focused, intentional mentoring for each boy. And then we've done family reconciliation, so we believe in holistic um, rehabilitation or holistic love. So we want to do everything for these boys. Reconciliation, I believe, is a big piece because these boys look down on themselves. They feel like they're lower than everyone else. So they stay away from their family, they stay pretty much detached. A lot of the boys were very much resistant. Uh, only a few boys were willing, but when each boy went and when they see how well it worked out, the other boys would also want to do it. When we go back, the families are so welcoming, so happy. That's why Mama, as you notice, she's always grateful. Like, she says nice things Thanks to you guys. Everything in our house comes from um, our desire to be examples of transformative love. Um, abnormal love, radical love, whatever you might want to call it, but everything comes out of that. Uh, we're not religious, per se. We're not a religion. We're not even an organization. We've tried to fight those labels. Uh, we've tried to make it about love, and uh, where we get our example of love is from Christ.
So we've told the boys from day one that uh, no, they don't have to choose to accept Christ as their Savior, but uh, they're going to be receiving from us examples of Christ's life because that's the only way we know how to live. Lili, buzu desimil sabalo munamun. Kenya bitu sendum la majamara gizita la watali masuosun. Lily has been the shining boy. He has just a love for others, but he's just got a travesty of circumstances. Kalijina jamro, matfona garnas namre. Manam nagare la ma bitu sabi turu nagare manas namre. I guess a few months ago, he just kind of quit on us. For the first year and a half, he heard stories about his father, how bad his father was doing. And his one goal, his one ambition in life is to help his family, is to help his father who created the situation, essentially. So he was just the example of what grace looks like. And uh, now I think our house provides him uh, a radical example of love that he can understand fully. Um, but what he does understand is the street. He's just battling. I think there's a war on for Lily right now, and uh, not sure who's winning at this point. He's a, he's a piece of God's mystery. <laughs> So the boys are graduating the house. Um, we've been in the house for two years with them. We've seen amazing growth, and it's time for them to stand on their own two feet. I mean, I'm, I'm full of hope. That's all I'm full of. It's not just hope, though. It's a confidence. It's a faith in these boys. Um, I know they're going to set this city on fire um, in a good way. I saw him a couple of times and he, he was smiling, but you can see that he also has this different um, expression on his face that he was showing like, like he was 
because like, oh, I should have been there. Them standing there with their big, bright smiles, their brand new ties. Um, it's just a proud moment. I mean, I can't even explain it. It's, it's like, it's like 12 times being a father. This weekend, it is such a joy uh, to welcome Pastor Z. Uh, some of you maybe met him uh, for the first time via video, but you need to understand something. Uh, we may have different color skin, but we are brothers. Our families go way back. In fact, uh, back about as far as we go, uh, the uh, Schmidgall family and the Mengistu family became fast friends. In fact, Pastor Z's father was uh, on staff at the church that my father-in-law pastored uh, all the way back in the mid-70s. Uh, it was that church that helped uh, uh, send uh, Uncle Betta uh, over to Ethiopia, and now it was our church that helped uh, to send Pastor Z when God gave him that first dream of uh, moving back to Ethiopia. Uh, he was in ministry right here in the Washington, D.C. area. They have a precious family that we absolutely love and cherish. And uh, I describe uh, Pastor Z as a gentle prophet. He's soft-spoken, oh, but... His words speak volume. You better get your amen on 
this weekend uh, because I believe he is going to challenge us. So he's going to come in just a moment right after this trailer. A mission is a movement. It's a thing. It's a dream. A powerful display of love across a foreign sea or contained within a ring. My neighbor calls for hope, for help, for life, for something to believe because it cannot seem to be more than it seems to be. A reaching out, a helping hand, a grace-filled word, a heart to men. A mission is a movement to live among the poor, to be a better neighbor and a steward of my stuff. For every person that I see, two of five in poverty, chained to the ground, like the girls in Thailand and Greece and even in our own streets, I'm filled with disgust at institutional lust and cry out for mercy and freedom for those who have been taken. A mission is a movement to care for the sick and the wounded, to show them what Christ is about. For all of my neighbors who have been told they have AIDS, I'm called to be with them and stand in their grief. And for the 5% of people I see that live with HIV, and I know it's higher than that, the situation is more dire than that. A mission is a movement to know the spirit and the God who is sending me out, to be more creative, to speak peace in places of war, choose a forgiveness over radical blame, transform through reconciliation with spiral before into conflict and chaos and lives that were mourned. A mission is a movement, a mandate to act, not passively pass, but bring up my skills and creator who gave them. A mission is a movement of ordinary people, empowered by God's spirit, Doing what Jesus did together, wherever they are. A mission is a movement. Thank you for having me here again. Uh, can I pull this up a little bit? Yeah. I'm a big boy now. Uh, thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here uh, once again uh, with you all here at NCC. I consider this place very special. And I don't take for granted um, anything that, that the Lord has done in any way, shape, or form. And uh, I, I consider it a great, great, great privilege to, to be here with you. Like Pastor Mark said, we have a lot of history. Our churches are connected. We uh, call this Beza West, and we call um, my church Beza uh, NCC. Lord, I get confused with the lights. You know, it's just distracting. That would be NCC East. Did I get that right? So uh, I thank you all for having me. It's, uh, it's, it's, uh, I think God has something for us today. So I would just ask you to flow with us today. And we'll see what God does. Um, we, we uh, like Pastor Mark said, we have history that goes back long before we were even thinking about uh, ministry or anything like that. Pastor Mark's father-in-law, which is Pastor Joel's father, and my father were very close covenant brothers, and they ministered together for many years in the Chicago area. When uh, Pastor Bob Schmidgall passed away, my father was speaking at the funeral, and he said these words. He says, when you have a setback, don't take a step back, but get ready for the comeback. And I think what he was saying was something that nobody was really connecting with at that time because it was kind of, who thinks of comeback at a funeral? <laughs> All right. But uh, I think in his spirit, he was foreseeing that somehow this vision would be connecting of working together, of believing God together for great things. And uh, I think every, 
Uh, since we made that decision to go to Ethiopia in 2004, uh, we have been in comeback mode. So I'm not speaking at a church, I'm comebacking. Yeah. This is part of that comeback. Amen. Amen. And, and Pastor Mark and the family came uh, for Ethiopian Easter. That was part of the comeback. Yeah. Oh, say comeback. You're leaving me by myself. <laughs> comeback. Yes. Uh, Adam came and, and joined us. That was comeback. The video is part of the comeback. Amen. Amen. Adam got married. That. <laughs> Lord help us. I, uh, I'm, I'm just, I, I could go on about Adam Taylor. The Lord really blessed us. We really got to know each other the last two, three years working together. We've grown a lot together. I thank God for him and what God has done through him. It's, it's, no, it's no small thing. Um, it, it's, it's interesting. You can sum up, you know, the, the video in just 15 minutes. But it was a lot of work, a lot of investment, uh, a lot of sacrifice. And I've seen him sacrifice. I've seen him humble himself on many occasions and grow into the man that he is today. And it's no surprise that God kind of presented sunshine to him the way he did. Like, is, you know, many times when you're looking, if you're single, I know that NCC is young. We have the same problem in, at, uh, at our church. If you're young, you know, the, the tendency is to get really hungry and desperate, you know, for, for that day when you marry and you, you, you solve all your problems. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> but... You know, I found is when you're really looking for, for marriage, it's like God will kind of keep that thing pretty slippery slope for you. And when you kind of give up all things and just go for the things of God, it's interesting. It seems like God kind of, that's when, you know, when you're surrendered, then God can move in and start to bless you. Can I get amen? amen. So if you're looking, the idea is go to Ethiopia and work with change. <laughs> all right. Um, with the time that I have, I, I want to just, uh, I have something in my heart that I wanted to share with you. Uh, I know this is a sensitive season in America. Every four years is, I think personally, four years is too short a term for a president because he spends three of those years trying to get reelected. And he, one year building the nation. I think if they could, not just my opinion from Africa, so don't, 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 but I think you, you stretch that period. You know, you could get creative, you could get an idea or two. Yeah, and that just might help with things. But I don't want to get into that because I understand we don't try to step into that. But I have something to say, so we'll see how we end up. The Lord help us. <laughs> and I, I fly back home right after. So I'm... I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd like, us, I'd like uh, to, us to go to Mark chapter 5. And I want to read something here. This is a word that in our last uh, prayer and fasting program... My brother Saleh, a minister with Pastor Mark, and everybody knows him. The Lord spoke to him, and it just really hit us very hard, hard, hard. And we began to uh, be changed by it, and we began to grow into it a little bit. And we're still in the process. You know, we're always in process. Amen? And uh, we, none of us have arrived. But as the Lord teaches us, and as we learn, we grow, and we change, and we make room for the things of God. So this is just a, a word that he spoke, and I wanted to share it because I felt that this is what God is saying for us today. And, uh, and uh, we'll, we'll move on. Mark chapter 5. I want to start reading from verse 6. Um, yeah. When Jesus saw from a distance, or, sorry, when he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. 
he shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area, or the other translations say out of that region. Praise the Lord. Today I want to talk about a subject called My Name is Legion. And uh, I want us to look at some things that pertain to uh, spiritual, getting spiritual control as the church, getting spiritual control and dominion in our region, our area, and our territories and cities. Amen? I want to speak uh, with, the, with the time that I have. I don't have a timer. It says 5.50 up there. And, I, you know, I'm nervous with these clocks around. I can go to 6.15. Good. I have enough time. I'm going to hit something and then... I'll, I'll, I'll make my getaway and fly to the airport and then fly faster back home. Um, it says, my name is Legion, for we are many. This is the spirit that had possessed this man, was talking with Jesus. He said, my name is Legion, for we are many. And I, uh, uh, the idea that I saw here and what Sally was sharing with us, he said, my name, singular, is Legion, for we are, plural, many. Did you see that? Yes. yes, we saw that, Pastor. That's good preaching. <laughs> yeah. Lord. All right. It says, my name, singular, is legion, for we are plural many. And one of the things that we started to see in this is that how spiritual forces work, especially the demonic forces work, they can only work in a spirit of agreement or a spirit of many speaking with one voice. When they are many speaking with one voice, united, they have a power in their area or region, city, territory. Amen? That is how they operate. In fact, they, asked, they told Jesus that by Beelzebub you are casting out demons. And Jesus said, it is not by Beelzebub because a house divided against itself cannot stand. The only way demonic forces get any success in any affairs of the earth is through agreement and through unity. Many speaking with one voice. All right? That's the only way they operate. A house divided against itself cannot stand. That is how they rule territories. That any time you see the works of darkness, you can rest assured that there is some kind of agreement, unity, covenant in the spirit world going on to bring that thing to pass. All right? It doesn't just happen. They don't run their own mouth, run their own opinion. They work through unity and agreement. Many speaking with one voice. Amen? All right. Now, it's important to understand that because without that, then we don't know how to counter force. We don't have a counter to the forces of darkness. The powerful thing is that when God sets up his church, he sets the church up as the exact opposing force to the kingdom of darkness. Amen. When Jesus was introducing church to Peter, he says, uh, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen? So the church is the, the resistance. It is the force that hits against those, that spirit of darkness. But the church is only made effective when the same unity that is found in darkness, uh, an equal if not greater unity is found in the church. 
In other words, if we can come to the place where we are many, but we speak with one voice, which is what I've observed in my church experience, a very rare thing to find. All right? And the truth of the matter is that when we are divided, it shows how united the enemy is. And if we could ever graduate to a place of unity, true kingdom unity, it is a sign to the powers of darkness that the church is prevailing in the territory. And they'll start talking to us the same way that spirit talked to Jesus that day. Please don't send us out of this region, this territory. Amen. Okay, did, did, uh, you're all looking at me funny. Let's talk. Am I okay? I checked twice. I brushed my teeth and I looked in the mirror. I think I'm looking okay. Maybe the lights changed something. Are we doing okay, church? Yeah. Amen. What I'm, what I'm challenging the church for uh, uh, today and something we are working on is a greater level of unity among us. Amen. A greater level. And I found that this is not easy to, to, to do. The truth of the matter is we are all walking time bombs. You know how, like, we're all suicide bombers. Just, and, and you know the thing is, wherever it goes off, everything in that area goes off with it. And I've been in the church long enough to know that this is the cancer of the church. That gossiping spirit. Uh-oh. That backbiting spirit. That look at him, look at her. Who does he think she... Hmm, hmm, hmm. <laughs> all right? Now, this is the thing. This is, happens in our church just as much as in every, any church. But I, and I understand, you know, there's, there's division and separation and things. And there's some things that happen that just happen. Some of them are even healthy. But when it comes to the church of Jesus Christ, the body of Christ, our strength is not in our program. Our strength is in our heart-to-heart connection and unity. And the truth of the matter is, is when we come to a region or a territory and we see division in other parts of the society and community, it is only a reflection of the church. Let me put it this way. When God sends or sets up his church, when God looks at the earth, this is, this is the order by which God looks at his creation. Are you ready? We are ready, Pastor. You are leaving me behind up here. God looks at the earth this way. God his people, the church, the earth. That's the only three institutions. There's the institution of God, his people, the church, ruling over the earth. It is not, God does not look at the earth the way we'd look at the earth. God, the government, uh-oh. Then somewhere down there, the earth and the church way back there. No, that's not how God sees it. That's how we see it. That's why we look at the paper every morning, first thing. But God looks at the, uh, himself His people. Come on, somebody. And then he looks at the earth. So when there is problem in the earth, God does not look to government. God looks at his people. Amen. Amen. That's the kind of authority. That's the kind of power that he has given us. All right. Now, what I've come. uh, Can I get a good amen for that? Because we have to speak with one voice. Let me give you an example of how this works. Look at this. Man, Lord, help us. Acts chapter 4. And verse number 24. Oh, hallelujah. This is the story. After Peter and John, they were released from Caiaphas. They were on, on trial. They came back. And this is the report that they, that they brought. Uh, they said, you know, this is what happened. They reported to them. And then the church came together and did this. Whew. When they heard this, you're hired. They raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. Now, I liked what it said in the King James. It says, and when they heard that, they lifted 
up their voices to God with one accord. Meaning they were many, but they were speaking with one voice. And then if you jump down after the prayer is kind of long, read that when you have time. We don't right now. But verse 31, it says, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. Not stirred. Come on, somebody. (laughs) And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. What I'm seeing here is that when they... Uh, incorporated a unity of many speaking with one voice. The place, the area, the territory where they were meeting was shaken. That means that we have a power over our area through our unity, more so if we do it right, more so than the kingdom of darkness and Beelzebub and and all all the juju, witchcraft. uh, We have words for that, all that stuff, all right? We have a power. And when God raises up his church in the most powerful city in the world, it is not to talk and have an opinion. It is not to gossip and backbite. He brings the church together for the purpose of getting victory in the air. And every, you see, let me tell you something about politics. I'm just going to hit this very quickly and sensitively. All right? Because God sees God, church, and the earth. Okay? The things that go around, uh, go on around us in the earth, including politics, business, economics, education, that is not the source of, uh, 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 of where, uh, or how do I say it this way? Let me put it this way. You have in sports, sports, not politics, sports. In sports, okay? In sports, you have the home team and you have the away team. And then you have the scoreboard. Am I right about it? Yeah. Now, Nobody, no matter how bad it gets, nobody gets mad at the scoreboard. The scoreboard is just merely reflecting what's going on on the field. It is neutral. All right? It's not one or the other. It's just telling the truth. That's all the scoreboard is doing. The, the, when you see the scoreboard reflecting something you don't like, you don't fight the scoreboard. That's insanity. You go on the field and correct your moves. Come on, somebody. Mm-hmm. You, you, you sub someone in, you sum some, somebody out, you adjust things on the playing field so that the, are you following what I'm saying? In the earth, government is the scoreboard. The playing field is legion and God's people. And whatever is going on over there, it makes no sense to yell. They're just reflecting neutral. In fact, they are testifying how well we're playing, whether you like it or not. I don't know which side you're on. I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying scoreboard neutral. I am neutral today. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So, so we need to understand the power of our unity. And we under, need to understand that what God's desire is for us as his body in this city, which is the most powerful city in the world. Good preaching, Pastor. <laughs> Good preaching. Amen. So I believe God has raised us up not just to have a program. All right? See, uh, Jesus said these words to Peter. He said, after he said, I will build my church, he said, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Other translations say, whatever you declare to be unlawful on earth, you, not me, you, declare unlawful to be on earth is also what has to be declared what is unlawful or unlawful in the heavens, meaning that the authority has been given to his people. Amen? It's interesting. He said that pertaining to church. He says the same words in Matthew 18 when he's not talking about church, but when he's talking about 
the love and the unity. The context is the love and the unity we have for one another. Where two of you to agree to uh, as touching anything in my name. He says, boom, there I am. And where there he is, their legion has to go. Driven out of the region. Amen, amen. So that means the church and unity are one and the same. The church and fellowship is what you cannot go to church. You be the church. Church is when you are wherever there's two or three gathered together in my name. Hmm. Yes, Lord. So we have work to do. Like I told you earlier, we're all walking time bombs. And the reason is because we live in an earth that is, is hard, it's painful. We have things in our lives. If we all look in the rearview mirror and are honest, somebody said something to me. Someone did something to me. I made a mistake. I did something. And because of that, it affects how we reach out to one another. We all have issues. Even the one up here today. Well, one issue, one issue. All right. But the idea is that these things that we go through, like if you get hurt in the past, let's say, for example, by an Ethiopian man hurt you. All right. And you heard the Ethiopian man is coming to church today. What will you say? In Jesus name, I'm not going to the Ethiopian man, hear the Ethiopian man preach because Ethiopian man, you know how it is. Now, it was just one man. He happened to be Ethiopian, but now all Ethiopian men. All right, let's, 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 okay, Ethiopian men, I, I took you all the way back home. Men. All men are. All right? Now, that's not the truth. What happened is you had an experience with a man, and he became all men for you. All right? But the truth is that there are some good men. There are some sharp men. There are some honorable men. Thank God. <laughs> All right. So the idea, uh, this is kind of how I, how, I, how I came to understand it. We work with one of two things, acceptance and rejection. All right. If we feel accepted, then people will generally have a good experience with us. If we feel rejected inside, then people are, we wear a time bomb waiting to explode. Someone's going to get hurt here in a minute. And it doesn't take long, one month, two months, three months, a year, two years. Boom. And everybody in the area is off to start another church when it only takes a matter of time. Then boom, then boom, boom, boom. So we become divided. Legion gets stronger. We get weaker. We're becoming a mess. We're becoming very sharp on Sunday, but very much of an embarrassment in the spirit world because they know what's going on. All right. Now, what happens is, is God has created us to be unified. And I found that, that we have to somehow recon reconcile our past issues and our past mistakes and our past difficulties. All right. With... The love that we have received from God. Somehow God's love has to be bigger. And I found that that just doesn't happen by, by chance. It has to be intentional. I want to just close with these ideas, all right? Are we ready? Yeah. I want to ask a question to the church today and all of you watching by way of uh, Connection Church, Branch Church, the red dot right there. <laughs> Class, who was... The beloved disciple, John. John. Very good class. Question number two. How do we know John was the beloved disciple? I heard five answers. You need to speak with one voice. Many with one voice. <laughs> we know who the beloved disciple is because the beloved disciple told us that he was the beloved disciple. 
Now, it seems in our modern-day culture, that's a very bold, uh, bold, arrogant statement. I am the beloved. I mean, what about sister so-and-so, sister Shandai? She got, he looked really spiritual. He has to, no, no, no. He said, I don't know about everybody else, but as far as I am concerned, I am the beloved disciple. In fact, I looked at all the Gospels to where John named himself. And you know what I found? Whenever the people, the, the first three Gospels written by Matthew, Mark, and Luke, whenever they wrote about John, they used his name. They said John was there. But when John's Gospel, his own writing, when he talks about it, he says, doesn't say John was there. He says the beloved disciple was there. The one whom Jesus loved was there. <laughs> you know what that told me? There's a little mystery in there. John did not allow what other people thought about him to become what he thought about himself. Isn't that the crippling factor in all of our lives? That's some Amarinya, Adam Ye. He became, I'm sorry, let me get up here for the camera. I'm getting excited. He did not allow what people said about him to become what he said about himself. And I think that is one of the most genius, genius things of overcoming this little time bomb. I've come like, a, you, you know what, they, what do they have that? When you have a bomb uh, in, in, a, in an area where they say there's a bomb in there, they call a special group of people and they block the whole area off. And special people go in who are gifted and anointed to remove the pin from the grenade. There was a name for, for that. I was on Google, and I was going to look up, you know, bomb something, and I realized, you know, with a name like Zerubbabel Mengistu, <laughs> searching bomb in Washington, D.C., I said, I, I think I better stay away. There is a name for that. I want to make it to service today. <laughs> I want to make it to service on time. <laughs> Uh, but there's a special person that goes in and removes the bomb. I think this idea of John, however John perceived himself, that was the pin that causes that thing to be undetonated and remain undetonated for a long time. Because he loved himself. Because he saw himself as the beloved of God. My brother, my sister, the key to unity is to understand that you are, forget about you all, me I am, make it personal, see, the beloved of God. I am the beloved disciple. I am the one whom Jesus has loved. I may have a past. I may have a mistake. But today, by faith, in the finished work of what Christ Jesus has done, when I see myself, see, it's not about what you see in me. It's what I see in me. If I can see myself as beloved, my acceptance switch is on. And when I am accepted, now look at this. Look how that translated for John. Because he loved himself in the gospel, in the letters, Paul wrote three letters there, uh, sorry, John wrote three letters there called the Johannine epistles. But all the man is talking about is love, love, love. He gets all mushy, 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 John does. Because he's talking about if we say we love God, but we have not love for one another, we are a liar. And the truth does not rest in us. Love one, a new commandment I give you, love one another. It's not a new commandment, it's an old one, but you have to hear it the way I said, love one another. You know what I realized? No one else wrote like John did because no one received God's love the way John did. Whew. See, if the key to loving your neighbor is loving yourself. Amen? Yeah, we're to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Yes. So you start your neighbor's love with, the, otherwise you be, your love is kind of funny. It's like manipulative. Like I'll love you, but this is my number. You better call me back in two days or else. 
You know, that's the tick, 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 time bomb. Tick, tick, two days, three days, kaboom. And everybody gets up and creates all kinds of drama. Enough drama in the church. It's time for some, see, maturity in the world, it, go, it, it comes from how much we know, how educated we are. But that's not how we measure maturity in the kingdom of God. Our maturity is measured by how much we love each other. How strong that bond is. Come on, somebody. Our ability to overlook offenses. I want to just say this really quickly. Look at this. Paul. Paul was a church planter. Ch- Paul went to different regions and he would establish kingdom work and move on. And, and uh, understand that Paul, he understands how spiritual things work. He's looking for something in every church that he writes. All right. He visited Ephesus for a little bit. He visited Thessalo- Thessalo- Thessalonica. Jesus. <laughs> Man. That was some city. Uh, he visits all these cities, and then he gets back and writes letters to them to check on how they're doing. But what's he looking for? I found this to be so powerful because it's all tied into the detonation of the bomb, or the de-detonation, undetonation. Just don't let the thing blow up, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Ephesians. <laughs> I'm just going to, don't go there with me, but just listen to what he says. To the church in Ephesus, Ephesians 1.15, he says, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and love for all God's people, faith in the Lord Jesus and love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks. Why is he thankful? Because there's faith in the Lord Jesus and love for one another. That means we are many, we're speaking one voice with one voice. And in this region of Ephesus, as long as we're holding those two things together, Legion is running out of gas. Amen. Again, Colossians chapter 1, verse 3. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your one faith in the Lord, in Jesus Christ, and of the love you have for all God's people. You see that? Can I get an Amen. 1 Thessalonians 3, 6, but Timothy has, come, has just now come to us from you and has brought good news about your faith and love. You see, it's, it's not one person he's writing to. He's writing this to all his different people. Oh, oh, come on, church. I need a big African amen right there. Yes, another one. Ah, that's better. Second Thessalonians 3, we are always to thank God, brothers and sisters, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more, and the love all of you have for one another is increasing. Philemon uh, verse 4, I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers, because I heard about your love for all his holy people and your faith in the Lord Jesus. Paul was looking for two things, faith Faith in the Lord Jesus, meaning I am beloved. I've received the finished work. I am the beloved disciple. And love for one another. Amen? And I believe that as we can master these two things, it will lead us to the, thing, to the same thing that, w- that John eventually ended up with. Revelation, the book of Revelation, meaning a picture of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. A picture of Jesus like he had never seen before. All right? And I believe God, God uh, is, is challenging us as a church. Praise the Lord. To get some maturity in our hearts and in our lives. So that we can really be one body that speaks with one voice. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Because if, that, if we can understand that great things happen on the other side of that, the scoreboard will start to reflect the unity that we have in the house of God. We are the ones in control of the city and nobody else. It might sound like a bold statement, but when I look at my scriptures, this is what God has called us to. 
and we have a light. We are in the city as a light in the darkness because we have the love of God in our hearts. We've embraced the love of God in our hearts. Amen? I have two minutes. We're going to change the scoreboard in Jesus' name now. Amen? I don't know what your political affiliation is, but I do know how to change the scoreboard. All right? So that the kingdoms of this world will look a little bit more like the kingdoms of our God. Could we do something? With, can, you know, in, in, um, in Africa and in America, but more so in Africa, we have witchcraft, you know, juju and things like that. In the house of God, we have Godcraft. <laughs> you know, I don't have time to get into it. We're going to do some Godcraft. I'm down to one minute. Can we stand together, please? The first thing I want to do is pray for all of us to understand that we are the beloved disciple. Hallelujah. In the earth, you earn stuff to become beloved. You accomplish things. That's why everybody wants to be a rock star. In the kingdom of God, there's only one rock star, and that's Jesus Christ. And we receive inheritance and grace freely from him. Amen? Uh, We need the blood of Jesus in our life just as much after we are saved as before we are saved. It's like a continual thing, kind of like every house who's built with a shower. They understood that there will come a time pretty frequently where you have need (laughs) of the shower. I made sure I got mine before I came to church so everyone would stay in the service with me. (laughs) All right? But what I want to do is I want to pray for each person in here with the time that I have left. I don't know what your story is, but every issue, I believe, is finished by faith in the Lord Jesus. Just like you need faith to be saved, you need faith in the Lord Jesus to walk this thing out. You need faith in the Lord Jesus to see yourself as beloved, that the acceptance switch comes on in your heart. Amen? So everybody put your hand on your heart. I want to pray for you now. And then we're going to do our God craft in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Father God, in the name of Jesus, with the time that we have left, Father God, I pray for each person under the sound of my voice. I thank you for my family here, Father God. I thank you, Father God, that you said, Father God, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Father God, your love for us has been demonstrated in the cross of Jesus Christ today. We did not earn your love. Hallelujah. We just receive your love. There is no way to comprehend the agape of God. But right now, Father God, like John, we apply John's wisdom to our hearts, Father God. We are accepted without having done anything, Father God. We are accepted in the beloved, Father God. So I thank you for victory today, Father God, in each heart. And I come against the lie of the enemy. I come against the lie that has come in and attached itself to the guilt, to the mistake, to uh, to whatever tragedy that has happened in the lives of your people, Father. God, in the name of Jesus, Father God, I pray that you would set somebody free right now, hallelujah, because of the finished work, because of your great love, Father God, I pull somebody right now out of that pit, that depression, that guilt, that shame, Father God, I thank you for victory in your name and in your son, hallelujah, we are the righteousness of God. In Christ Jesus, hallelujah. The work is done. It is not earned. It is received. I thank you, Father God, that it is so for your people right now. And I thank you for the victory that has come in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody say it, amen.